everyone and welcome to the safe room podcast podcast about horror games uh, allegedly uh my name is rose and with me is my co-host grace hello um i think we have is this the second not horror game that we've covered what's the first one dino crisis Crisis (laughs) (laughs) uh sure i'm gonna say at the time that we covered dino crisis 2 we didn't know how good we had it it's that's very true yeah we <laughs> they they made what they they won up themselves yeah reader. really it's um it's dino crisis 3 is like what if we tuned specifically into the things that were bad about dino crisis 2 and like turned them up <laughs> <laughs> you know, made them worse. Um, yeah, and here we are. Um, yeah, I mean, this is gonna be. This is actually, despite the us being down on this fucking video game, this is a big episode. We just launched our Patreon, uh, which you can go to Patreon.com/slash/TheSafeRoom and subscribe to. And for doing that, you'll get a couple other monthly podcasts. One about movies. Um, our first episode we covered Silent Hill and another about just like bullshit it's called shit posting we talk about whatever yeah. and uh, yeah you in front of the show Amr yelled about handhelds at each other um, yeah I told myself it was gonna be just like a one off one time thing um, and then Amr said you know we're probably gonna do more, and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> we will." That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll look forward to that. So, uh, find out. <laughs> Fuck around. They keep and making. Find out. They keep making new ones, so we gotta talk about them. Yeah. That, yeah, God, that there one are a re- lot of them now. That, that episode was recorded before Sony was like, "Look at our handheld." <laughs> oh it's God. an ugly amalgamation of. A screen <laughs> placed between a DualSense controller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the Patreon. If you uh, like the show and uh, want to support it, that's where you can do that. Yeah, and it's uh, it's three bucks a month for that stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a fair fair price. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think it'll be good. We had a good conversation, I think, about Silent Hill, um, the the film, and well, also the game because you know it is an adaptation. Um, and we're gonna watch Silent. We're gonna watch the another, the second one, Silent Hill Revelations 3D next month. So <laughs> if you're like dying to hear what we think about that, uh, you can you can sub and find out. Um, I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, I'm 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 excited too. It'll be fun at least to talk about it. Although, yeah, again, I'm just like I don't know how you adapt Silent Hill three with the changes that the movie makes to the the lore, but mm-hmm. we're gonna find out together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the answer is probably not well. If 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 the the word of mouth is to be judged, yeah, um, well, that's hard. I feel like that kind of mid two thousands trashy horror movies, like there's some real gems in there, and some, some real stinkers too. So, 
Yeah, but it's the fact that they made it for 3D that I'm like, mm. yeah. Well, you know, because you know, you know, Resident Evil Revelations is the good one because they filmed it with the cameras they filmed Avatar with. It's <laughs> 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 like real 3D technology, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so we're gonna start off just talking about. Dino Crisis 3, I think. We're going to get right into it yep. because we want to get this out of the way. <laughs> so we get can... it out of the way because we got a ton of questions. <laughs> yeah. And uh, other games that we played instead, that I played <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about Cause, it. Because you'll be shocked to know I did not finish this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I I didn't either. But that's just because I ran into... Uh, technical difficulties and so i watched an lp of the whole thing um Mm -hmm. well i mean i say that but like i fast forwarded through a lot of it there's a thing i think that happens to i think it can happen to a a consumer of video games (laughs) but you're just more able to drop the thing but when you're a critic and it's like oh i have to write a thing or i have to record a podcast and it's like you play like the first half hour of something and you're like Mm -hmm. oh like this is it yeah like i know what this thing is now yes there are no surprises in hold for me that's no. this game that is like yeah you can play the it. first half hour of it and it's like oh okay i know yeah i know what the entire object is now yeah um and you know uh, some, sometimes that's okay because it's like oh the it's good though and sometimes it sucks. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Sorry. Uh, I was going to summarize the plot. Oh, please do. What, what little there is. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Here is what happens in Dino Crisis 3. Don't don't shoot the messenger. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just telling you what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Set in the year 2548, it's been 300 years since Earth lost contact with the colony, colony ship Ozymandias mm-hmm. en route en route to A squared? A, a <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah, it's a good question. They don't, do they ever say it aloud? Did they just say A2? I don't remember. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Somehow the ship has reappeared near Jupiter. A team called SOAR Special Operations and Reconnaissance mm-hmm. is sent to abo- is sent aboard the ship Seyfert to investigate. As the Seyfert uh, sends out a shuttle to investigate the ship, its weapons suddenly activate. A beam destroys the, sh- the ship and then the shuttle, killing ne- nearly everyone except Patrick Tyler, <laughs> Sonia Hart, and Commander Jacob Ranshaw. <laughs> And McCoy. I didn't. Who's McCoy? I didn't get there. I think he gets killed by, I mean, momentarily. Okay, just rando guy. Yeah. Like He's like, even though Dino a bunch of people are already dead, you still have to have a red shirt to fix your serious. Yes. <laughs> um, Patrick and Sonia reunite on the exterior of the ship and gain access. The, tip, uh, the ship's interior is derelict, although there is still power. McCoy boards uh oh this is yeah random guy gets killed by dinosaur Mm -hmm. um 
And then perhaps the coolest thing in the game happens. Yeah. Where where uh the dinosaur shows up and then a bunch of eel-like uh monsters show up, like a ton of them, and just like fucking enter the dinosaur and fucking eat it from the inside. Yeah. And then fucking and then fucking split out of it. It's fucking dope. It's the <laughs> coolest part of the game. And it happens in the first five minutes. Yeah. We haven't even shot a gun yet. At this no. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have to kill all the you like mutants in the worst fucking gameplay. Mm, um, yeah. Patrick spots Cameron once again, looking at a picture frame of her of her father, Doctor. Oh, wait, hold on. I skipped something, didn't I? Yeah. Patrick meets a survivor, a girl named Karen. Oh, it's so funny that her name is This Karen. game has the worst names. <laughs> Patrick and Patrick. Karen. <laughs> what? It's Why? three. It's like it's like 500 years in the future. <laughs> this girl's you name know, is Karen. People are still named Patrick? Patrick. I don't believe that. Karen. Oh. <laughs> uh. In the future, uh, there will be no Patricks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. It's the fucking, it's the fucking no more, more mutants strip. <laughs> it's no more Patrick. No more Patricks. <laughs> Under communism, uh, there will be no Patricks. Uh, keep going. I'm sorry. I'm still interrupting you. Uh, anyway, the girl runs away. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, remember Dino Crisis 2? You remember that? Mm -hmm. We're doing it again! It's really the same thing. Mm -hmm. Except she's fucking way more (laughs) eye candy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Than than in 2, somehow. Um, Well, she's not secretly your daughter like in 2 or whatever, right? I don't remember what happens in that, but... Or it is your sister? That's from I don't remember. It, Patrick says that she reminds him of yes. his sister. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that there's no actual familial relation in this game, but there is in two. Uh, yeah. So so it makes it you you could be you could eye candy her I guess because you know you're not no blood relation to the player character. Right. Uh, um. Yeah. You chase after Karen. She's been on her own for 300 years. Um, and then, yeah, they have a conversation about Patrick's sister. Uh, they're, like, in, like, this holodeck space thing while they're talking. Mm-hmm. And they, like, they like hug or whatever. Um, as Karen and team hurry out of the experimental laboratory, they are attacked by a mutant. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that dinosaur. It's a dinosaur named Regulus. <laughs> Regulus. All the di- because they're in space, all the dinosaurs in the game are dinosaurs, but some plastic on them. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, we'll get, there's plot stuff, there's plot reasons why they're like yeah. the special dinosaurs. Uh, Karen is fatally wounded. Jacob, Jacob sacrifices himself. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he has, 
he has he has this game has also the worst one-liners oh my god because he, he's like it's oh. time for one-on-one fight or some <laughs> dumb bullshit the, the yeah but we'll talk when we get there all the last one-liner is so funny it's um, so uh Karen is like injured and then she dies and then it's revealed that she's an android. Who could have guessed? Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's see. Oh, there's the ship repairs and they fight more dinosaurs. Uh, oh, and then Patrick talks to like mother Who's like the the AI commanding the ship? Yeah, who has been like building the dinosaurs, um, and they she shows up like a Cortana sort of thing, uh, and they have a one off battle dialogue, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Patrick's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna end this or whatever." Uh, and Mother's like, "This is I'm I'm carrying out my mission." Yeah. To, Make fucked up dinosaurs. Right. Because by, basically. By, because the, it's, this is the yeah. same plot as two. It's the same <laughs> plot as two. She fucking have first made humans and then with the human DNA combined it with the dino DNA and then made fucked up dinosaurs. It's the same plot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um. Yeah, because it's like the colony ship can't actually sustain human life in space like everyone gets sick and dies and the captain's like you have to like figure out a way to like make human life set foot on the colony that we're supposed to have and this is her solution i mean it's very like yeah it's like is the ai and alien also mother am i i have no idea um like not the robot people crucially but like the machine that they go and talk to right oh in that um because i don't know because it's very uh it's very similar to to that yes it is mother yeah so it's like a reference to that it's like very like oh yeah like ancient big old ship that is like a haunted house basically and like has you know it's like science fiction horror stuff um Mm -hmm. yeah anyway continue i just want to make that small clarification um we see another karen another Mm -hmm. karen shows up and and says patrick over and over again Mm -hmm. This this is the worst by the way Anything with Karen is just the worst vibes. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's, we'll talk about it. There's like, I don't know. She's just an object that gets used. Like that is her plot, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the game, like you kill the AI and the AI is like, I just wanted to complete my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, as it, as a kind of self-destructs i guess um oh it's also revealed at some point that that there's like a million karens because they're all like androids right yeah i think so and there's also sort of the like there is like a humanoid version of the dino human hybrid Mm -hmm. that is like at the like mother's like installed in mother's 
big PC case. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, like you've seen, you've seen that PC case that what has an aquarium in it. It's like that. Um, <laughs> uh, and and Patrick's like, if they have dino DNA, they can't be human. And I'm like, okay, Patrick, why don't you cool your okay. jets, man? All right, bud. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the end of this game is like so endless because it's like you kill the computer, but then there's another dinosaur that shows up that's like vet Venom from Spider-Man. Um, that's like all black and oily. And uh, yeah. Karen, God, this is the stuff that sucks. Karen is like, um, sees the bodies in like the, you know, in the room with mother and is like, oh, they're like me and I'm not human, so I can't go to Earth you know, That's I'm so an android. Bad. And so she like sacrifices herself and to distract the um the dinosaur and make it fall down this impossibly large <laughs> chasm in the spaceship. Um and uh Patrick and Sony escape. You have to fight the dinosaur again. You have to fight like three dinosaurs at the end of this game. And uh and you get a little spaceship and kill the dinosaur. And then he's like, damn, it's finally over. I'm headed back to Earth. And you get a shot of him looking at Earth. And that's the end of the game. I think that's that's pretty much it. Right? Hey, genetic freak. <laughs> you're, not on, you're not on the boarding list. <laughs> yes. So get off the boat. <laughs> yeah. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. What? <laughs> The, like, also the voice, the, like, because Patrick's mostly like, what? Huh? Ah! And then at the end, he's like, I'm going to. <laughs> like, he has, like, this, he puts on this, like, badass voice that's very funny. It's just, like, deeper and, like, like, I'm going to exterminate, to eliminate to a permanent end this dino man. <laughs> yeah. Ah! And it's, like, I don't know, it's very weird. Um, I really also resent that, like, like, I don't, I mean, I don't want to put too fine a pin on it. It's not like any of the Dino Crisis women are, like, that cool, but they're cooler than fucking Patrick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I'd much rather play as, as Sonya than Patrick. And you do for, like, brief segments, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where he gets, like, trapped somewhere. Um... But yeah, basically the game is like a, I mean, it's like Dino Crisis 2. It's like a shooter um, with kind of a survival horror-y structure in that it's like you're in this big space and you have to like learn how it works and navigate the different parts of it. It's very much dead spacey, actually, like in terms of structure, right? Where it's like you go to a section of the ship and it's like you have to arrange some section to solve some problem or to get somewhere or to you know stop something bad from happening and so you have to like solve a little puzzle with interfacing with the ship while you're like fighting dudes on the way you know um and uh the problem here for me is not so much that structure it's just that it's like really empty i think the jetpack really screws things up here i think that was like a big mistake giving you a jetpack uh how so well just that it's like 
And well, first of all, it adds there's platforming in this fucking game <laughs> or it's like you have to mm-hmm. jump over spaces and like and it, it's just not it doesn't feel very good. It's not really precise. And it's also, nope. you know, it's still fixed cameras, right? All right. Um, here's everything wrong with this game in a sentence. Yeah, it's fixed camera angles and there's no tank controls. And so you have to readjust <laughs> your controls every time the camera yeah. cuts. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Well, especially since it's a game. It's about quick reflexes, right? Like that's the whole thing. And platforming. And, and it's, platforming. Ah. And so it's like, yeah, there are like sections where you're literally like, OK, I'm pushing forward. I'm like holding the jetpack button so I can like float over to this platform. And then you cut to a different angle and then you start moving backwards. Or whatever. Yes. Right. Um, like it's just, just not <laughs> the f- the format and the game is almost are at odds with each other like constantly. Right. Um, just we're just repellent the game design for me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think uh, the jetpack also so it makes it so you have to have like a lot of space. Um, right. In, so every room is huge. It yeah. takes forever to move around. Um, and it also gives the, like, this is maybe a weird thing to hamper on, but, like, um, something dead... I don't, I'm not, like, crazy about Dead Space. I think it's fine. Um, but one of the things I think it's pretty good at is, like, a, a you have a sense of, like, the ship being a real place where, like, real people were. And, like, the ship is laid out and everything works in such a way that, like, it has a sense of plausible reality Right. It's not like it's not like Gygaxian or anything. Mm-hmm. It's not like super out there and ter- or like simulationist, but it has a sense right. of realism. Right. Whereas this mm-hmm. is such an abstract space that it's like hard for the horror to really come in because it's just not real. It doesn't feel like a real place. Right. I mean, kind right. Of, you don't really get to know it or understand it. And part of that is maybe, you know, the way I did, you know, I, I like half watched it on YouTube. Right. Which is like going to shape my opinion of it. But I did feel that way even just the first hour that I got through before I hit technical yeah. problems, you know. Um, it it feels very of I mean, this is an Xbox game. It feels very like Star Wars, Star Wars prequely and that the, there's no like like strong sense of space in certain right. areas. Mm-hmm. Um, what well, has that kind of shiny industrialism vibe to for it sure. too, which sometimes yeah. really works for me. I actually think like, I, was, I think some of the cutscene work in this game is legitimately really good. I think yes. particularly the first part of it, that, that fucking match cut in the opening where the eye of Jupiter turns into a dinosaur eye. That's sick as hell. That's good as yeah. hell. And there's stuff like that a lot. And I also even like the like spaceship because there's a lot a lot of the puzzles in the game are about like, okay, I have to like, f- you know, go to these two terminals so I can f- make the spaceship like fold in on itself or like these two parts close together. And every time you do that, there's like a big ass cutscene of this spaceship like moving, you know, doing its thing. And I, I, I think stuff where it's something video games can do that's really cool is like being one person and having the sense of a, your part, you're in a space where there used to be a system where lots of people would be able to do this. That was like designed for multiple people to navigate and you're alone and you have to figure it out. Right. Um, like it's lonely. It's isolated. It's like a cool thing. I just think in this game, because there's so little tangible sense of place, um, that just that feeling does not come across very well at all. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, um, like, I just don't know. Like, yeah, where, where do people eat and sleep here? Where, like, where is anything done? Like, there's, you know, there's just none of that. And because the game is so focused on you, like, being able to fly around, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just so, like, I, I, yeah, I think. It feels, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Sorry. It feels very arcadey, but not, but the gameplay is bad. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Well, that's also the thing is we, we, we talked about like Dino Crisis 2. Like, I just don't understand why you would make a shooter where you don't have to aim. <laughs> you know, we're like aiming. Turn is that up to 11 to here. Yes. You're yeah. just on a jetpack going in circles and then hitting the fire button. Right. Because the only the only thing that you have to do is avoid enemy attacks. Right. And there's not like conserving ammo isn't really an issue, you know. Um, mm. and I think that's kind of where the structure of the game works against it is because it's like, it's formatted like a survival horror game, but it doesn't have any of the interesting stuff. It's just busy work. It's just the hassle part and you don't get to mm. somewhere interesting out of that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. um, Oh, yeah. You know what I was thinking about? I'm looking at my notes here. You know what I was thinking about playing this game is Galaxy Quest. (laughs) (laughs) You remember the scene in Galaxy Quest where they go down to like the engineering room and there's like all the bullshit like mechanisms that are just supposed to kill people. That's, you know, for them to move through in an adventure way. And that's not actually for a practical purpose. That's this entire video game. (laughs) Is that? Yeah, it is. Right. (laughs) Um... Oh wait, also, okay, you mentioned Star Wars. The, there there's like the force theme is in this game, question mark. Where? <laughs> like right at the end it plays. I swear to god, there's like a big Star Wars quotation and I don't understand. As <laughs> as he's like looking over Earth, it's like ba 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 da da <laughs> like slightly different and I'm like, "What? Why?" What is this supposed to mean? This isn't like Star Wars at all. <laughs> no. I guess except that robots aren't really people. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, also, God, it also doesn't help that there's like two kinds of enemies in this game outside of bosses or like three. It's like, uh, there's so little. Like, and then that is one thing about like, like Dino Crisis 2, I just, I don't like the format of it. And I think it's like kind of ill-conceived in terms of like, um, I mean like a sequel to Dino Crisis at some level, but also just like as an action game, it's like, I could get the same thing and it's going to be like, I could play Contra and this is going to be 10 times more exciting and interesting than this is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think here's just partially just badly executed. It's like, you know, you need to have more than three enemy types in your in your shooter video game. And they need to be like meaningfully different and for you to engage with them in a different way. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, like every enemy type is kind of this like you just kind of have to dodge their attacks and use your jetpack to move around and shoot at them. There's just not like a lot there. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for this game. Uh-huh. The last sen- the last sentence is 
there might also there also sorry there also might be plans to put the game on the Xbox One compatible list. <laughs> yeah. Last sentence of the Dino Crisis. Wikipedia. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, sincerely, unfortunately, right? Like, I wish every Xbox title was playable on on Xbox One slash Series X slash yeah. S. Like, I think that's that's the better world. Um, can you play? Can you play um, the like Barbie horse game for Xbox on Xbox Series X? Oh, uh, what, what? What? I don't fucking know. I just remember gamers were mad because that was like you could play that on 360, and they were like, it was like you can play the Barbie game, but you can't play, you know, I don't know, whatever on 360. That's stupid. Um, so I'm like, that should have that should have made it one more generation than it probably did. Should also be <laughs> compatible on the Xbox One. Um. Yeah, I think that's about all I have to say about it. Oh, there is also yeah, the one-liners are so bad. <laughs> I love that Patrick calls the the evil venom dinosaur at the end that persistent creature. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna go teach that persistent creature a lesson. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like persistent creature is something you call like your house cat. <laughs> you know, it's not like a. It's not like a scary thing to call a big dinosaur. Well, nevertheless, she persisted. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, yeah. I'm rooting for the... I was rooting for Mother the whole time, TBH. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other note is that they got like an anime guy to do the direct the cutscenes. Oh yeah. That's why, it's, that's why it's pretty good sometimes. I've been trying to find the name. I had it at one mm-hmm. point, but uh I lost it. Oh shoot. Yeah. And What's not it is like I mean yeah, I just think it has like a genuine eye for things. Um Yeah. And I, I think it just yeah, like the the contrast between how well crafted that stuff feels and there's also a lot of like expensive looking cutscenes in this video game. Feels like that's almost mm. the entire budget went over there <laughs> as opposed to anywhere else. Yeah. Um, For sure. No, yeah. Real people who have done real anime work worked on the cutscenes and it kind of shows. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we uh, are we wrapped up? I, you know, I, that's literally all I have. Yeah. This game sucks. <laughs> it's bad. I, I think it's a disappointment because. I really like Dino Crisis 1 just because it's such a like sharp ver it's such a refinement on like the Resident Evil kind of formula. It's so like precisely tuned and both of the games following it are just not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Um and you know I'm down for like swings. I'm like honestly like I don't, you know, like I you know, we are both Resident Evil 6 over Resident Evil 5 enjoyers, right? And the thing that, mm-hmm. I mean, besides the the racism, although it's still in 6 a little bit, to be clear. It's still hanging around there. Um, mm-hmm. Is that 6 is like, just it's straight up, it's an action game. There's no like hedging about that the way there is in 5. And I think that's part of what's so annoying about 5 to me is, again, it's like, 
it's really inconvenient, but all the things you're being asked to do are action movie things, right? Mm-hmm. Are action game things. And so six, like kind of just tearing down that barrier a little bit and making the difficulty more about like aiming correctly, dodging stuff, hitting things, you know, is like way more up my wavelength. And I think this is kind of a similar thing where it's like, I would much rather have the like pure, like even if this was a fucking Halo clone, I think I would be so much happier with that than this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like I would, yeah, I would much rather play Halo 2 than this. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And I don't even like that game a whole lot. (laughs) God damn, I'd rather play Halo 2 than this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think that is my concluding concluding thought. Well, you wanted to talk about some other games we've been up to, or specifically there was one game you wanted to talk about, I think. Um, yeah, instead of playing this game, the you know, the game club game, I fucking <laughs> played Majora's Mask, baby. Yeah. How, you, know what's uh, a, you know what's a better game than Dino Crisis 3? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Majora's Mask. Um. Yeah. Just how far are way- you? Oh, go ahead. I Sorry. beat it. I'm. Done. Oh, okay. I'll You're finished. <laughs> All right. I got you. Uh, the way that game uses cutscenes, uses the the time mechanic, and just like it's just it's just <laughs> just Tears of the Kingdom came out, and that game is good, and then you know. But I, you know, I kept like thinking about other Zelda games I haven't gone to yet. And so mm-hmm. I was like, this game is so fucking long. Uh, I'll just like take a break from it and come back after I've filled in some gaps. Uh, one of those gaps was Majora's Mask and immediately just blindsided by like how good the cutscenes are. Mm-hmm. Um and how it uses like cuts and just like different techniques in an interesting way. I think about uh, for me the the great example of this is like the the guy who like sells the masks or like asks you to get Majora's mask. Oh he's, yeah, he's, he's got mm-hmm. a he's got a backpack full of masks. One of them is Mario for some reason. Um, it's and good. Every <laughs> and like with each like dialogue, he his character model just like takes on a different stance, like a jump cut, and it's fucking great. I love that. I love that so much. Um, yeah, and, I think it. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. a really interesting game because you know, it was made in like a year, but it's also yeah. built on this like like there's like you know a lot of reused character models, right? Like the same you know development environment that they made a period of time. And so there's such a like easygoing like confidence to a lot of like the basic visual stuff in that game, I think, because it's just like, we know how this works. We know what the tools are and now we can like play with it. Um, you know, way that's really quick and efficient and, um, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, genuinely very scary in parts. Mm -hmm. Like, like obviously I know about the moon. Everybody talks about the damn moon. Mm-hmm. But like when you're given a mission to play hide and go seek with your some some pals and you have to look up to see one of them and you yeah. just see the moon in your periphery, <laughs> it's fucking scary. Yeah. Well, so much of the game is like um 
It's so, I mean, yeah, like this is something that people say about it, but I, I think this is just a, it's a game that the hype is kind of real a little bit. I mean, like Silent yeah. Hill 2, right? Um, it's so existential because you're constantly being confronted with like the inevitable death of everything around you, right? Like, yes. you know, and so the, it gives like a lot of the kind of even sillier or like more frivolous storylines in that, like a lot of weight, I think. Um, yeah. And gives them sort of a backdrop against which they can be funnier or sadder or, or whatever. Yes, right? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a guy in like the ranch who, um, you know, knows that the end is coming. And he's just like, you know, my only regret is that I didn't get to see my, my little chickens grow up and you can like make it so they age rapidly. And he's like, yo, I can die happy now. Yeah. <laughs> Got to see my chickens grow up. Yeah. Here's a mask. Right. Well, I think, yeah, there's sort of a fundamental kind of sweetness to it. Um, I think that's something that's like interesting about like the current crop of Zelda stuff. Um, because I mean, and I wrote about this a little bit, um, but there's sort of like this melancholy about like the past, right. About the sort of like mistakes made yeah. things that happened in the past that you can't correct for. And so like the whole game is kind of shaped by like trying to repair this thing that went wrong ages ago. And like the signs of it are all around you. Um, But I think that it's very grand. It's very large kind of melancholy. Right. And it's very like tragic in sort of a classical sense where it's like, yeah, it's about royalty, right? It's about knights and maidens and, you know, like big shit. Right. Whereas Majora's Mask is like so small. Right. Like the the sort of setting is really contained. Right. Um, it's about kind of these smaller individual dramas. Right. And. Um, yeah. And I think that that it just gets pulled out so much because and I think that's also just like the advantage of like, yeah, there's one fucking town in this video game. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is like Disco Elysium does this, too, where it's like we, it's a city block. And you could pull a lot out of that because you could do everything on that, <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Zelda game is still probably Link's Awakening, and the best parts of Majora's Mask remind me of that. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. definitely that like small, small uh, focused like area with a bunch of people that have small, small stories and, and stuff like that. It's yeah. Just, uh, it's just my shit. It's great. It's good stuff, yeah, did for you, sure. Did you mm-hmm. see that fucking tweet from Mark Frost that was like... Oh, yes, uh, I fucking did. We should talk he, about this, yeah. He, he apparently <laughs> took a meeting for Nintendo on Link's Awakening, I guess, like, consulted on that. Yeah. And he just, like, and then he retweeted a random article that was like, hey, did anybody play this game? I talked to Nintendo about it. A, a while like you uh, know, yeah w- around that time you know but yeah anybody play it i'm just like it's link's awakening bro <laughs> yeah it's so it's so One funny that he hasn't thought about this made. in like 30 years apparently <laughs> it's so fucking funny um yeah well because the twin peaks influence on that game is pretty is like self-explanatory right um yeah. so it's very funny to, the, the, the connection was apparently more direct than anybody thought it's so fucking you know. funny. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, good game. 
Yeah. I'm playing um I'm playing uh Minish Cap now. Oh sick. Which is, yeah. Which is great, but it's also easier. So right. I I feel less dumb than I did with uh <laughs> some of those like the, mask. the water temple in Majora's Mask is brutal. Uh in my memory yeah. anyway. Um no, I like swimming around. Used, yeah, I had to use guides. Yeah. Towards the second half of the game, because yeah. Yeah. God, you know what's good in that game is the fucking like you get the song that leaves behind the weird little double. Yeah. That has like I mean obviously that gets like milked in um in the the Majora's Mask creepypasta that I can't remember the name of. But um Uh was it Oh Ben, ben Drowned. Ben Drowned, yeah. Yeah, ben yeah. Drowned. Which um, I haven't I don't know nothing about. I gotta put that on my list of things. Yeah, to I do. I never read it, but I like watched a couple videos about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things is like I well, I started the 3DS version of Majora's Mask. Um, mm-hmm. Probably like three or four f- years ago, like started playing it and didn't get through it. Um, so it's been like probably like twelve years since I first played Majora's Mask. Um, mm-hmm maybe longer and the, the game sticks in your mind like i like i'm able to talk about it with you then there's stuff i've forgotten about it surely right yeah. but like there are games i played at that period where it's like could i like have a substantive conversation about assassin's creed 3 with someone who just played it and it's fresh in their mind probably not yeah. <laughs> you know but uh Majora's mask it's got the juice um yeah uh i played it on switch on the fucking stupid app yeah Mm -hmm. um just because i tried the 3ds version but i i was already way too in on the switch version of it yeah um and just being able to save scum was mainly the thing right yeah for Um, sure i plus i was on in like an oled switch and it looked nice so yeah yeah i also i don't know if this is like super I don't really know, but I know that there are people who do not like the 3DS version um, and feel like it There's, changes things in a way that the Ocarina of Time port doesn't. Um, yes. But I don't actually know like the details of that. Um, I know the journal yeah. works differently. It's a little bit more quest loggy, and that does kind of yeah. structure things differently than how Woodrow's Mask does for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of changes. Um the things that seem worse are like the swimming. Um, swimming in Majora's Mask is genuinely incredible. Hmm. Um, it just feels so fucking good. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. And yeah, apparently they changed how that feels in the 3DS port. Um, there's like speedrun stuff that got taken out, I think. And right, sure. Yeah, just Classic. a ton of other. The way the bosses work, and it's yeah, way more extensive of of a remake than the Ocarina was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's sort of, I mean, it's interesting because, um, which was for a long time, I feel like didn't have the reputation it has now, or maybe still, maybe I'm just in the right circle where it has a certain kind of reputation. Cause it was always kind of the like odd kid out, um, of Zelda for like a long time. Right. Um, so, you know, because, yeah, it's also so different because Ocarina of Time is also like it's this grand 
fairy tale about growing up, you know, and Majora's Mask is like funnier and weirder and darker and smaller. Right. Um, and it just doesn't, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I just think, um, I'm curious about like playing. I kind of get people who are like annoyed about Zelda being so different now, even though part of me is just like a nerd, go back and play. Like you can just, those games are all still here and they're good and you can just play them. Right. Like if you, that's what you want, then you can still do that. But also it is like, there is something about sort of melancholy or like even just like stories about growing up. That's like at the heart of a lot of those games that mm-hmm. is just kind of not there anymore in like mm-hmm. the kind of post breath of the wild fabric of Zelda. Um, yeah. Which is too bad. I think, I, the, think. You know, I think the thing that is missed is the smaller scale kind yeah. of stories because mm-hmm. breath of the wild is just by nature of it just so has to be so big and all-encompassing yeah um would like if they made a 2d one again that is like link's awakening yeah i mean they Please they could they have the they made it they made that remake you know they could do it they yeah. could do something with that or whatever you know yeah um uh put fucking wind waker on the damn switch <laughs> yeah god Thank how you. long are they go- they they have to be planning to release the wind waker and twilight princess things at some point but i don't know 90 percent of what they make for the switch are ports and remakes so yeah. just put it on there thank you <laughs> um uh, so i've been i've been playing dishonored a little bit um because uh i, I mean i i moved recently and so uh we didn't have internet until like two days ago um Mm. and uh and so i um so i just yeah i was like oh i'll just play dishonored because there's no like internet connectivity things and so i'll just be able to pick up right where i left off from that you know Mm -hmm. um and yeah, that game is really cool. And I think part of what makes it really cool is that it's really devoted to texture in a way that video games don't tend to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't think Dishonored's World is like super original or anything, but it is like, I mean, my video game standards is very original, right? Because it's a fantasy game that does not have orcs and elves in it. Right. And so it's already like, whoa, yeah, (laughs) you know, Um, but it's also like, um, yeah, and I think that's what makes because I think the broad plot of it is kind of trite and like you can see a lot of the directions it's going to move. It's like you show up at the fucking pub and there's the like general and nobleman there and they're like, yeah, we just want you to help us. And you're like, oh, these guys are going to try and kill me in you know in four hours and lo and behold (laughs) yeah you know um but because there's like kind of all this particular like it's you know like the like oh electricity comes from whales and like whale oil is like a cool idea but like the game is like here's all this shit (laughs) about like what it's (laughs) like to be a whaler and like here's like fucking whaling songs and here's all this kind of like you know 
Detroit, and it also ties into the way the game works that it's like unstable and you can like throw the bottles of whale oil at people and explode things and like that is like um it just feels very considered as like a textural sort of world and it's also very uninterested in being like super self-contained right because i think that's part of the issue with bioshock is it's like it's like a universe unto itself that still has ties to everything else. It's very like, you know, trying to have its cake and eat it too. And I feel like Dishonored is just very transparent about the fact that it has limits. Right. And that is like interested in populating be the stuff beyond those limits as much as possible with like interesting things to think about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, so that's, I think that's the thing is it's such a like interesting place to hang out in and that gives, that just elevates it beyond like a lot of like very similar games that were coming out at the time structurally yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, but i say this that i haven't even killed the first guy yet so we'll see how i can (laughs) you know but i'm like ah it's it's sick r.i.p arcane i guess oh my god yeah you simply love when someone comes up to you and goes corvo good i like the freaky mask i like the way people move in this game like it's Mm -hmm. very uh i love that everyone has like a smoking animation (laughs) yeah yeah that's good like what games have that we're like you know there's like a the fucking maid is moving through the house and then takes a smoke break outside at the same spot every time like that's good (laughs) as hell yeah um you know, so yeah, so I, I'm just very tickled by it. And it's like cool that like I never played two, I never played the DLCs for one, really. Um, mm. so it's like I have a lot of this kind of game ahead of me. And we'll see, you know, maybe I'll well, I don't know. I know people don't super love Death of the Outsider or have mixed feelings on it, or like, but you know, I'm looking forward to just having a bunch more of this kind of thing that is like definitely a game that I like uh ahead of me. So Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. We could talk about Tears of the Kingdom, I guess, if you want to, because I have been playing that. But I don't uh, have anything to say about it, really. Me neither. Okay, Um, great. You wrote a thing. I did. You can read it. Uh, I wrote a thing for Paste Magazine. So if you search Tears of the Kingdom on pastemagazine.com, you you can find it. It's about memory and, and the photograph thing in Breath of the Wild, which is very cool and is not in Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm kind of bummed about. Um, have you seen all the cut? Well, I've seen uh, I've seen like three or four of them. So okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. If um, you know, you know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we got. Uh, do you want to take a ton break of questions? Then, oh yeah, we can take break? a break. Okay. Yeah, we'll, I'll go. I'll go get. We'll some answer water. your questions after this r- audio right sting. After, that's right. Yeah.
returned and we have a lot of questions that we would like to answer from from you. You ask questions and we're going to answer them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's how this works. Um, well, Rose, do you want to read the first one here on our little list? Sure. This is from Jen. What horror franchise could survive the move to space? Uh, we think Resident Evil could potentially do it as it's played with so many wild ideas before. Uh, I mean, I agree about Resident Evil. I think the caveat would have to be it has to be like Moonraker level of space, mm. not Dino Crisis 3 level of space. No. If that makes sense. Or it's like Umbrella Corp has a big has a space station and you're going to go to it is like the level of of. Yeah. I and mean, that's fine. I would do that. Yeah. Um. What what if what if what if Chris Redfield punched asteroids? <laughs> hmm. Makes you think. Yeah. I don't know um, if I have an answer. I, I'm trying to think about like what are what are like what are horror franchises? Uh, <laughs> you know? Okay, you know what would be sick, actually, what I would go for is like like a Saw 1 type Saw movie, but it's in like a SpaceX shuttle. Sure. I would watch that. That that could be good. Yeah. I think I think honestly you could do a lot of like modern horror franchises. Like you could do a Hostel 3 that is like people going to space, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like rich tourists going to space and then them being tortured. Like, yeah. I would be into that. Uh I don't like Outlast, but you could do an Outlast in space. Oh, probably. you could definitely do an Outlast in space, yeah. Absolutely. You could probably even do an amnesia in space. Yeah, the, they made Soma. Yeah. <laughs> so. So. I mean, <laughs> it's a little point. Bit different, I guess. But, yeah, it is, yeah, it is underwater, <laughs> but, you know. Um. I thought, wait, Soma, I thought Soma was in space. Is it not in space? I, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. I guess we, maybe we'll play it on the show sometime. I, but I played it before. It's under, just, it is in an underwater facility. Oh, I thought it was in space. Hey, they should make Soma 2 in space. <laughs> um, but it might be, it might be on a planet is the thing. Like, I don't. That's what, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Because it doesn't, it doesn't say that it's like, oh, it's on Earth. Yeah. You know. Um, but. Um, yeah. But yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, you could also uh, the do. Fucking, the fucking Layers of Fear remake that they're doing. And mm-hmm. they, they took out the part where you can trigger the baby running into the wall over <laughs> and over again. Just the worst. <laughs> Uh, nobody can have Cowards. any fun playing our no. game. This is serious business. No. Boring walkies and walking simulators only. Yeah. Um. Shit. Oh, I was gonna say you could do a space until dawn. Easy. 
Ooh. And I guess it's not really a franchise thing. It's like a house Ooh. style kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, but you could absolutely do like alien acceptance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Event Horizon, but it's, yes. it's that. Yeah, but it's that. Yeah. Easy. Print that. Whoa. Big money. What was the Samuel Jackson thing you showed me? Oh, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Space Sharks. I would watch a movie with Space Sharks. That's um, right. Yeah. I guess I think, you know, I, I was thinking about so what is not, what, what can you not take to space? I guess. And it's like, I, I don't think you can do Silent Hill in space. I don't think you can do like Texas no. Chainsaw Massacre in space. Um, which is funny because that's what the, Friday the 13th did do that. It's not in terms of scale, scope. It's not that dissimilar. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's it. I think that's all I got. I don't know if. Uh, well, that the yeah. you know, um, you could do Dead a season. Space. You could do a season. <laughs> What, yeah, what space franchise would survive a return to Earth? You know, I've milked this question too much. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> M asks, how important do you think pressure is for a horror game? Like on some level, I'd just rather be creeped out by a game than chased. Alas, I usually don't get an option. It's too stressful. Um, so I think this is a really interesting question. We sort of talked about last or we talked about on the Silent Hill movie episode. Um, I believe like how the kind of plottingness of Silent Hill is kind of key to it, you yeah. know, and key to the horror of it that you have to like stay in these spaces for a long time. Um, and I guess that's a kind of pressure, but I think it is kind of a different thing, you know. Um, like it's a very different feeling than playing like dead space where it's like a lot of dead space is just about putting you in situations where it's like you have to act quickly under mm -hmm. pressure. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. It really just depends on the game. Like, I mean, we brought up Soma earlier, but they had to put in a mode where the monsters don't kill you because, People were just like, I want to read the lore that you guys wrote for the game, but I'm being chased by monsters who kill me. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that like weird tension of like, if you're doing like environmental storytelling and you're doing the being chased by monster move fast, um, that has some problems. But if you're doing like a Silent Hill, yeah, like, that's, that's a very different vibe than like, you know, an, an Outlast style, like, like mon, like mon, like horror house kind of like right. vibe, where you're just like running from from place to place, solving yeah. the puzzle quickly, and then running away. Um, I don't think it's like, depending on the game you're making, it's you know the importance varies, because like I don't think like a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill necessarily needs like a a time pressure yeah mm -hmm. um but i think it just depends uh the medium tries to do this with like stealth sections that are bad right um, but those are just completely divorced from like the bits where it's telling the, a story 
Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think part of it is like, oh, I was just thinking about that. I really like the T-Rex stuff in Dino Crisis. Um, yeah. And that that is like, partially it's like set piece shit, right? Like it's kind of set yeah. up. But also it's like, um, like the tone of that game is not really tinged towards like lingering in a space, right? Um, yeah. Like there's sometimes where you have to do it, but it's like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I get, and I also get being stressed out by it. I think sometimes that's like part of, that's part of the fun of it. And whether you respond to that or not is like a taste thing to some degree or like a, even it can be like an accessibility thing, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I mean, this is why I haven't like finished an amnesia game because, or like even like I'm mainly talking about the first one because it's like, right. oh, it's, I don't, I like being chased. Yeah, <laughs> <That's creepy. laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fair. Um, I do also think that like there is something to. I mean, again, we kind of talked about like the brutality of Silent Hill that it's like you were like killing things and it's really unpleasant and it's awful, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's kind of key to it. And I think that there's something about like, I, I think part of it's, yeah, it's, it's like what you're saying. It's a tool in the toolbox, right? That it's like the opposite thing can also be horrific, right? The sort of like mm -hmm. having to go and do violence because you're being forced to can be like a disturbing thing. Yeah. And I think that's something like video games don't tend to indulge in because like most video games are tuned to like not making you think about what the violence mm -hmm. means, you know? Uh, or who you're doing it against. Like, it is supposed to be kind of justified abstractly, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know. And so, Silent Hill is, like, obviously not... I mean, it's complicated, but it's not exactly tuned that way, right? There is a certain amount. It's like, it wants you to think about what is occurring, right? Mm. Um, and so, I, I think maybe that's part of it, is, like, if there's sort of a thought about, like, what this means or how it is operating, right? Um, then I think you can really get somewhere with it. Um, but yeah, also like kind of it's true that like the horror games that I'm really interested in, like I I would play a billion more games like Silent Hill. And I don't know if I'm like itching to get to like Alien Isolation, for example, which is like a game that's entirely about being chased. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Alien Isolation is also a million years long. Right. That's the other thing. Because <laughs> it's not like a Silent Hill level ask in terms of getting to get through it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this also will kind of, you know, cause like, even though we do this podcast, I mean, I, I can't really speak for you, but like, I don't have a ton of survival horror experience. Like I'm starting mm. to have more, but it's like, I think, I think that my response to this question is probably going to be shaped by the next like couple years of doing this show and yeah. feeling that out more. Mm. Right. Um, Yeah. Uh, do you want to read the next question? Yeah, this is from Crystal. If you were producing a Silent Hill film, what cast and crew would you choose? <sighs> this is a, a good question, and I feel a little ill-equipped to dig into it. Um, it's like I'm going to load up Letterboxd right, right the fuck now. We're going to see what's up. Uh, but do, you have, do you have any cursory thoughts here? I'm trying to... I was to like... thinking about this one, mm -hmm. and... Um, this is, and this is a little mean, but I think 
if you're gonna do two and you're gonna cast somebody potentially in the role of James mm-hmm. as like shitty guy. Yeah. I think I think I would cast Jeremy Renner. <laughs> You know? Oh my god. That is galaxy brain, but I'm kinda into it. <laughs> like like I hate Jeremy Renner. Yeah. I hate him. But like anonymous Yeah, anonymous kind of white. The thing is that like for B, um <laughs> like, how do I say this? Uh you know, James has to be a little fruity. Yeah, that's the way I can say this. Fruity? Uh, in a way that Jeremy Renner just does not have. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, if I was casting. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm thinking a lot about Silent Hill 1. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have, have I told you about Alucarda? No. You should watch this movie. <laughs> it is a, uh, I believe, Mexican horror movie from the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this this young girl, or I mean, you know, in her late teens, uh, who goes to a monastery and befriends this woman, Alicarda, and they both make a love pact with the devil and things mm-hmm. go to hell. And it's so good. <laughs> uh, you know, if you wanted to see, like, girls lick blood off of each other's boobs and uh, <laughs> all sorts of vampiric and, like, absolutely horrific gore. And then, like, also one of the girls carries at the end. It's it, fantastic. It's amazing. Um, and I think that's kind of like, I don't know. I guess I would want something, like, a little bit rougher around the edges for, like, a Silent Hill movie like that it's not like a hollywood level production the way that the movie we got is but that it's like a smaller budget team of like and then this is maybe one of the things is like i don't know if there's a film like you could say there are people you could say that like oh i would really like to see you know you could be like i want to see david lynch do something Hill, which like i don't but like one could say that right Mm -hmm. and i think part of it is like i would like to see somebody who is hungry to make a movie and I want to see them do it. And I don't know who that is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and I think, yeah, I think that would be best for like one where it's like, you don't, where there's a, maybe a little bit more adaptational wiggle room. And also you don't kind of have the like iconography baggage of two. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, where there is like, you know, pyramid head, people have expectations around that in a way that they maybe don't with any of the other creatures in Silent mm-hmm. Hill, you know, that you could be playful with it. Um, um, so I think that's my answer. I'm trying to think, though, if there are, if I have like secondary ones that are like, oh, I'm interested in, you know, this person's take on it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It is more just like everybody who would come to mind, I would want them to 
do something else. Yeah. You know? I feel you. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Jordan Peele would make a good Silent Hill movie, but I don't want him to do that. Yeah. You know who might actually do a good Silent Hill is Todd Field, who did Tar. Um, oh, I haven't seen Tar yet. Oh, you should watch. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's weird because it's a movie that's like so easily discoursable, but it's also kind yeah. of uninterested in that. Like, I feel like it's very easy to misrepresent. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's neat. And that has a lot of like, it's a comedy, but it has like a lot of horror stuff kind of floating around in it. Um, yeah. And it's also very like psychological portrait, like intense performance from like a, you know, a single character is like the focus of it. Like, this is the thing is like, I don't really like doing this thing where it's like, oh, like, here are the ways where it fits the profile. And maybe there's another way to think around this question. But that's sort of like, yeah, but I, I, yeah. I think I, I would I would definitely be interested if like tomorrow someone was like, yeah, Todd Field, they they, they fired Christoph Gans and Todd Field is <laughs> making Return to Silent Hill. I would be like, I'm going to watch that movie for sure. <laughs> you know, um. All right. Uh, so I can read the next question unless you have anything else there. Uh, Galaxy Brain answer is um, mm. uh, Tony Scott. If he oh was still my alive. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right, though. You're right. You're right, though. Fuck. That's a good pick. That is a really good pick. Shit. I would have watched the hell out of a Tony Scott Silent Hill movie. <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm thinking about it. It's like, what if... Because, I mean, yeah. I just... Because I was thinking it's like that that sequence in the Silent Hill movie, um, like the flashback archival footage sequence. Oh, my God. Like, has like plenty in common with Man on Fire, right? Like there yeah. was overlapping filming styles like happening there. Um, God, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that, that would that would fuck. Yeah, no, I'm like, well, shit, that would be good. It's like, uh, I was, you know, I want like the Zack Snyder Gears of War movie in like other. I think that would be sick. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's a more obvious pick because it's like, oh, it's all about big men and like bodies <laughs> and like fascism, <laughs> like big yeah. violence. It's like, yeah, OK, yeah, I've I've seen mm -hmm. uh, I've seen Zack Snyder movies. Um, all right. Uh, Grime asks, what effect do you think YouTube Let's Players have had on horror games as a, as a genre? Um, did it the the jumps they, <laughs> the, they the jump, jump scares? Scare. Yeah, that's the really <laughs> big thing. I think also it's kind of this kind of ties into M's question, just because it is also about like being chased was such a like key part of that, right? Like being on edge and watching someone be on edge is like really important to like also the let's play format right also very edgy yes kind yeah. of horror stuff 
you yeah know, the shock value yeah for the, sure like outlast style like we're gonna fucking cut your dick off or whatever <laughs> uh, or or um oh should we or sorry some of, some uh, of the um, other stuff so the well you say what you're gonna say i'm gonna oh i'm just like should we play it. score it on this podcast <laughs> speaking of <laughs> <laughs> um i was thinking about shit what's that game called there's a lot of bad horror games that are just like exploitative. Whatever game it was that like there's a scene where you like have to cut your sister's face off or whatever. Oh, got... right. And there was the whole like like this game is not complete on PlayStation or whatever because. Of, yeah, I don't remember what that was called. God, uh, I maybe it's a good thing because that game in that studio seems pretty awful in terms yeah. of making exploitative art um but right yeah that kind of stuff i think is uh kind of a broader like consequence of uh people people looking at fucked up shit and you know yeah. getting well that's getting like an interesting people. thing about like youtube generally is that it feels like there's kind of a tension in the way that like because I think you're right. I think shock value is a part of you too. Like even just fundamentally like the. And this is not a knock against the angry video game nerd exactly. But like part of the whole apparatus of that and people who were copying his shtick is it's funny to say fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny to say a bad word. <laughs> right. Is yeah. like key to that. And so it feels like by extension, there is sort of like it's funny or it's it's good entertainment when something is shocking or surprising right and i think that does extend to content like you're talking about but also there's like this constant battle between like people like especially now like more recently like youtube cracking down harder on like what is cool to do you Mm -hmm. know on the platform and it being this like public facing thing that like museums use in addition to like people posting their clips from dead space of them like dismembering a corpse with whatever you know yeah and like that is like an active tension in that anyway and that's maybe part of it too is like there's sort of a countercultural element maybe even just in the like i'm going to do the thing on the platform where it says you can't do that right yeah i don't know uh the game i was thinking about is martha is dead which uh <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> a stupid name for a video game well there's a part in the beginning where you have to run through a forest and and <laughs> and run through words and you have to run through the words martha is dead <laughs> you have to run through the words that say martha is dead or whatever it's so fucking stupid it's, i uh... um, that game has worse things in it oh sure besides the face but, but, it, but thing, it's like i think it's it is a con like craft is a condemnation if that makes sense right like i don't know maybe this is a weird thing to say but it's like i feel like if your stupid game is fucked up but it's well constructed i do respect it more <laughs> yeah you know like found foundationally uh, yeah you know, I'm, it's not necessarily good. And I'm not saying it's, you know, whatever, but I'm just saying that it's like, I would rather play something that is like weird and bad, but like well tuned as opposed to something that just like sucks all the way down. Yeah. Um, also, they didn't cut anything from the fucking PlayStation version. Oh, they, they didn't? Made, they just made scenes not interactable. Oh, that's right. 
That's so shut the fuck up. They didn't cut anything. Shut uh, up. Yeah. That's that's anyway. so weird. Anyway. Uh next question. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Is it me? I'll do I it. I think it is you, yeah. Eno, could Heather Mason beat Jason Bourne in a competition? What competition? Um, I mean, that's the question. I think Heather Mason could best Jason Bourne at many competitions. <laughs> Um, I think if hot there dog was... eating contest, I think so. I think yeah. Heather Mason could do it. Um, I think I think Heather Mason could beat Jason Bourne at Jeopardy. <laughs> 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 or you know, a quiz show format. I think Heather Mason would do better than Jason. Um, I haven't seen a Jason Bourne movie. So oh, you haven't? Know. Oh, it's been. I don't know his expertise. Well, he's a he's a spy man. He's a secret yeah. agent man, and he can you think, he can you do think parkour. Some, like, do you think a, some CIA guy would do worse at Jeopardy than Heather Mason? <laughs> yeah, I, think I, I do. <laughs> I do think that. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong because it doesn't. But I my my bet is that it's like well, part of it is that Jason Bourne has lost his memory in the first movie, you know. So it's like, what do you really know, Jason? This is like one of the things. What does mm-hmm. he know? What does he doesn't? What doesn't he know? And that's not a good position to go into when you're, you know, in a test of knowledge. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, but also I feel like being a spy like gives you certain kinds of like very specific knowledge. And so it's like if you go into Jeopardy and it's like a quiz about like right wing politicians in South America, then like yeah, like they probably got that one. But like generally <laughs> speaking, I think. Uh, I think uh, I think Heather Mason's got it in the bag. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when you see, like, have you seen people post clips of Jeopardy where it's like a video game question and it's like nobody knows what the answer is, right? Yeah. Things like that. I feel like that's the thing is it's like you have particular knowledge but you don't know a lot of things and so like heather mason's like i have cursory knowledge of many things and so i could best you in jeopardy sure (laughs) right that's my that's my feeling okay um yeah i suppose i suppose jason board would win in like a foot race or like a shooting range or whatever but i think heather mason at least at the shooting range heather mason would give him a run for his money you know, mm-hmm. she can shoot a gun and use uh, use weapons. Um, okay, our next question is from RJ, which is, uh, would you rather live in a world where Shu Takumi made Dinosaur Dino Crisis forever instead of starting Ace Attorney? Um, no. Yeah, I'm inclined the same way, even though I have not played Ace Attorney. Um, I we'll get on it at some point um but he directed I, dino crisis 2 and, and oh yeah all of the ace attorney games are better than dino crisis 2 yeah i think that's uh, that makes sense to me that checks out is what i'm saying right i'm like yeah absolutely um this is for matt chainsaw or cortana uh, or katana did i say cortana cortana <laughs> Um, I, you know what, as the, 
I feel like I have to go chainsaw out of respect for fellow um, transgender person Leatherface. <laughs> so that's my pick. Wait, what? Oh, I'm just making a joke because like the there's like especially in the later Texas Chainsaw movies, there's like a weird thing where like Leatherface like wears women's clothes oh, and stuff. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Fair enough. One of us. I go Katana just because Katanas are cool. They are cool. They're really, you know, like, I feel like also generally it's the more practical option. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're doing, right? Because it's not going to be better for, like, taking down a tree. But it's, like, in terms of combat, which is, I think, the implicit thing here. It's, like, quieter, more precise, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, next question is from Jack. When you get scared playing a game, what does your scream sound like? An ah, an e, or something in between? Uh, Mine is the the back crack TikToks. Oh, <laughs> sure, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I feel like um, I when I get scared, I swear, mm-hmm. and so I, I'll just be like, ah, oh, Jesus, or something like that. <laughs> so it's not really a scream; it's just like a ah, you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, thank you for the good this is a good question Jack um, Faden asks Dino Crisis is neat because dinos what other extinct animal should get its own crisis series if none come to mind what about fictional animal um, what else is extinct uh, I was thinking you could do ice crisis and it's like mammoths and saber tooth yeah. tigers and yeah you know cavemen maybe cavemen caveman crisis <laughs> caveman crisis uh that feels that feels like the obvious pick though um i mean you could do like yeah you could do like megalodons or like big sea creatures also would be a good pick um i guess that's kind of in the dino dino crisis oeuvre but um Although I also don't know how you make a horror game about like underwater enemies that aren't like, you know, that are in the water. I feel like that's like a tricky. Is like, how do you make them threatening to people who are like in an underwater facility consistently enough Mm. that it's like a principal thing in the game? Or like, how do you make a game about being underwater fun enough that you're like cool with being underwater most of the time? Mm -hmm. Tough, tough questions. Yeah. Um, I'd also, I don't know, a dodo crisis. <laughs> uh, the, the, the annihilation island. But yeah. for, but you're, no, okay. No game designer, listen to this. Okay. But a, a survival horror game where you're on the southern reach. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually want anybody to make that, but right, you know, there's like an ideal version of it in your head that's really good, and that yeah, no game would be that good. That I that I that I probably play for an hour and be like, yeah, they made this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. Um. Oh, I was gonna say you could do. You could do a horror game about. 
like either, well, like colonialism slash ecological crises that is about like, you know, animal extinct animals in like relatively recent history, like the past 300, 400 years, mm. or even just like in the last century coming alive, thinking about like the, the, um, for those of us who listen to just King things or have read Stephen King, the like sparrows is flying stuff in, um, mm. the dark half, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of thing you could do something like that and it could be interesting it could it could also break real bad for you because it could be just like indian barrel ground shit and that would be terrible yeah. so please don't do that but you could there, there's an interesting thread there about like old things coming back to life and that fucking with people or, or changing the world in some way kind of in a southern yeah. g way even yeah um all right uh, do you want to read our last question? Yep. This is from Emerus. All right, so we've got our new game set. Enemies and weapons have been sorted. Only one new wrinkle left. Some exec has heard that multiverses are big now. So since we already have a time travel premise, come with come up with two universes to cross <laughs> over with. The higher-ups also see this chance uh, as brought into top uh, tar- target demographics <laughs> So explain these crossovers will appeal to at least three groups outside of men aged 13 to 40. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so I'm assuming this is, it's like, what do we mix Dino Crisis specifically with? Right. Or, or is it just two Not- universes generally? I think, I think it's like a broad, like broadly a horror game with, with uh two with two crossovers. different universes hmm. <laughs> this question <laughs> i mean this is not a bad question but i'm just like anything where it's like oh i want pyramid head to meet jason <laughs> or whatever it's like <laughs> <doesn't> <laughs> to me. <laughs> like i'm just having a hard time taking the question is like how would i do this in a way that's not just like uh like a joke about the MCU, you know, or whatever. Uh, um, like if I was forced to do this, how could I make something that was actually interesting? I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Right. Um, Speed racer. Okay. With. Uh, the Revenge of the Sith. I don't fucking know. <laughs> okay, actually, I, I I've got a Speed Racer one. What if you did like Speed Racer X, like Dead Space, and there's like a race track or sort of a like like Monaco, like the equivalent of Monaco in the Speed Racer universe, <laughs> has been like hit with space zombies. You know. And you have to go there and, like, fight space zombies and also race, I guess, or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that might be fun. I, I like a racetrack as, like, a horror setting. Like, that's weird and interesting. Nobody's done that, I don't think. Wait, Speed Racer Cross Twisted Metal. Sure. And you're 
and you gotta and you gotta fight the twisted metal guys. Yeah, you gotta show them what racing is all about. That's right. You know, damn, that movie's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's you know, uh, I think I don't know. I'm just tickled by like I just would like I don't I don't guess you know, speed racer does not need a two. There does not need to be a speed racer two. But no, you know, also I like I like that movie. It's good. Um, I'm trying to think how how would how would Speed Racer X um, Twisted Metal appeal to people outside of men age 13 to 40? Oh, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I it is I I don't know. I mean. Who's really who's really into because I it gets specifically in my brain, it's like it's not like it's crossing over with the 50s cartoon in my mind. It's crossing mm-hmm. over specifically with the Wachowski's movie, which I do feel like has a yes. broader demographic yeah. than like it has it's like younger boys, obviously, but also it's like I don't know. White trans women fucking love the Wachowskis. I am one of them. You know? Yeah. Like that's that's a demographic that's outside of this. That's two. You know? I don't know. Um What a, what about mm, I haven't seen Tar. Okay. No, pitch this though. I'm interested. <laughs> uh the 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 Jean Luc Godard cinematic universe crossed our <laughs> okay oh, I don't know <laughs> I'm also like who like this is one of the things that's weird about thinking about movies is like oh sure okay yeah <laughs> I guess I don't I. I'm like wondering if it's because I, I was like, I don't know what demographics Tar was trying to target. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I, I'm sure they had a yeah. meeting where they had to talk about this. Right. In like pitching the movie. But in terms of like the script, like I don't think Todd Field sat down and was like, I want this movie to appeal to women from age 30 to 50 or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah, it's more like Kate Blanchett is a, a popular actress. Yeah. That people would could go to see in the movie. That's true, yeah. Well, and she also has like appeal, I think. You know, like <laughs> men like her, lesbians love her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like cross appeal. So I think I think that would I think Godard plus Tar would land for some people. Yeah. Um, is it are are there like Godard films like interconnected at all? Am I like I don't? No, I'm, I'm just like being have, an idiot. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was like, I haven't seen any Godard movies, so I'm just like totally clueless. Uh, you know about. I know he's important. Yeah, French and Italian cinema is like very much like I haven't seen any French or Italian movies. Um, mm-hmm. 
I've seen like I know I have I have more knowledge about German movies than the average person, which is like still not very much. Um, but it's that it's that Jackson tweet where it's like you're either a French New Wave guy or a Japanese film yeah. guy, and I'm definitely the latter. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he has worked with Jane Fonda though. He's in a movie. Yeah. No, I mean, he seems, like, interesting, and it's interesting that he was, you know... I mean, obviously, people when people talk about Godard, it's, like, that... It's exactly that French New Wave period, but he's been making movies, like, constantly mm-hmm. since then, so... Um, I would... Okay, personally... I would, I, I could do a movie, this is, we're getting into some bullshit right now, <laughs> but I could do a movie where it's Cleo from Cleo 5 to 7 meeting Tar. I could do that movie. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Give me something about like aging and, and women and like European, like, yeah, I would fucking watch the shit out of that. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be like more abstract than like literally Cleo from Cleo Five to Seven meets Lydia Tarr <laughs> in the in the crossover of a generation. Um, all right, in indie game the movie <laughs> meets yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> so okay. My pitch on that is just that it's indie game the movie, but it's all female developers. That's the crossover. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> all right. Um, I uh, sorry. Let's wrap that, up I, because I'm. It so just high reminds me. I don't. Okay. It. Sorry. It just. No. I don't remember. On. I don't remember which podcast Jackson said this on, but like okay. the modern version of indie game the movie that has the like celeste developers talking about like gender or whatever oh and then God. hard and then and then hard cut to the vampire survivors guy being like yeah so slot machine <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah wow that would be something else <laughs> it would happen though oh yeah totally 100 percent. 100 pundo p um all right. Well, thank you very much for tuning in for this this epic length, chaotic episode of The Safe Room. Uh, you can now find us on Patreon.com at Patreon.com slash The Safe Room. Uh, you can subscribe for $3 a month to get our movie podcast, which is called Found Footage, by the way. I didn't mention that earlier. We watch horror movies and we're watching Silent Hill Revelations 3D next month. Yep. And you can find it there. We can also get podcasts called Shit Posting, where we and guests talk about whatever the fuck we want to. Yep. Um, uh, and you can find us. Oh, by oh. the way, if you <laughs> if you're friends and you want to be on, just just hit me up. Just hit us up. Oh, you know, yeah, totally. you know where to find us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you'd be welcome to yeah. bring a game if you want as well. Don't do, don't do that though. I just, no? <laughs> I just want to hang out with people yeah, mainly. Right. Yeah. Um, I I just meant for shit posting. I didn't mean for oh the game for not for this show. Okay, I understand. No, yeah. just uh, don't right, do I'm any. Sorry. Don't please don't do any work for us. But yeah. come on and chat. You know. Right. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. I feel you. 
I'm with you. Um, I'm with you in both intention and in both spirit and letter of the law. <laughs> um, you can find us at spookygame.club. Our Twitter is podcast safe room. We have a discord and you can find the link at spookygame.club. Um, you can email us questions at questions at spookygame.club. Mm-hmm. That's it for us. Rose, where can people find you on the internet? At bluesrose430. Um, and then uh, next month we're doing Fatal Frame. Yes. Yes. That's right. A good video game. That's the right, horror I game. I believe that. Yeah. I'm excited to go through. Yeah. Because we're going to, you know, we're going to do that. We're going to go through this. So I'm excited to do that. Do you, never mind. I'll, we'll have a conversation maybe up. Like about what we're going to do after that, but yeah, because it's like five games. So that's like a long time. Um, You can find me on uh, Twitter at Grace underscore machine. I'm also on co-host, I guess. I think it's Grace dash machine on there or something. Um, And I also have a Patreon, which is Grace in the machine. Um, And that's it. Um, thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, for the support that folks give us. And we're really grateful that we get to keep doing this and it's really exciting and we love it. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Get off the boat. Get off the boat. (laughs) 